Hi, and welcome to How to Build an Empire, the podcast that will take you through everything you need to know to build a marketing machine that can scale. I'm Danny Lev, producer Sam is right by my virtual side. Hey, everybody. And today we'll be talking about storytelling with a remarkable guest, Donna Griffith, the startup storytelling legend. If you're a founder who's wondering, what's this storytelling buzz all about? You're in the right place. Donna will break it down, explaining how storytelling isn't just for fairy tales. It's a dynamic tool to bring your startup's message to life. By the end of this episode, you'll be equipped with the knowledge you need to turn your startup into a captivating narrative that resonates with your audience. And stick around to the end. We've got a special discount on Donna's new book. It's, it's time, time to, to discover, discover the magic, magic of storytelling with, with Donna, Donna Griffith. Welcome, Welcome to, to episode one. one. How, How to Build a Story. story. Don and Griffith, hi, and thank you for coming. Wow, a legend makes me feel old, but I'll take that as a compliment. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny, you know, to be a parent of, of people that you think you're still their age about, and then suddenly you're like not cool anymore, and you're this legend. The generational thing. Absolutely. So, Donna, welcome, and tell us a little bit about yourself. So I have been a storyteller for since way before people knew what the heck that meant. Like people, you know, almost 20 years ago would be like a storyteller. Is that like a librarian or someone that tells stories at a festival? No. So, but it does capture that essence of, of being able to bring messages and data to life through story. Because story is really the way we train with the world. Our algorithms, when we're little kids, learn to speak, learn to interact with the world thanks to the stories that we hear, that our parents talk to us. And even like having a little conversation with ourselves in our head is a story. Oh, yeah, I've got to take my daughter and drop her off at her play date. Oh, and on the way back, I'm going to stop and pick this up. Like we're constantly communicating in story. So it just makes sense to turn our business communication into those very natural things. So I've been doing this for 20 years, started off working with enterprise companies. Then in 2008, the last nice kind of big mega crisis we had, pivoted to working with startups who were having a much more challenging time raising funding, needed to be able to tell better stories and realized it. Sounds familiar. Sounds like 2023, right? Well, 2023 and March 2020, even though that was kind of short-lived. But yeah, it's very, very... Very apropos right now. Absolutely. Lived through that one as well. Yeah, it's crazy times. And telling stories is a more important skill than ever. Because if we look at what is raising funding now and what is selling now, it's people that have really tremendous, huge stories. And over 20 years, I've worked with over a thousand VCs, startups, accelerators, and Silicon Valley giants like Facebook and Google Meta. I helped my clients raise upwards of one and a half billion dollars in total with winning Whoa, that's insane. Somebody once called me the Beyonce <laughs> of storytelling, and I was just like, yeah, I, I, I can hang up my shoes <laughs> now. That's that's a drop mic more. For the newcomers here, why don't you give us an example of storytelling, like a startup storytelling? Just like what, show us what a story is. I'm working with, uh, I'm working with a woman now who's created a program for um, early intervention in reading proficiency, and it's AI-driven. So just to kind of mm -hmm, give some mm -hmm. background to understand how the story gets built. So apparently when a kid learns to read, it's very sequential. And one missing step can completely ruin the entire foundation of reading, which has very far-reaching consequences. And we're talking people that are simply not going to have the same opportunities in life. Wow. The problem is 
you'd think that it would be, uh, uh, it's a learning disability or something. Only about 12% of the people that struggle to read, the kids that struggle to read, have a learning disability. So we're really talking about, you know, a huge problem. And there are not tools to actually get to the root of programs. So where does the story come into this? That I tried to tell it in a very storytelling way. So the woman that did this had a son, has a son, that he was a very gifted and smart child. And they found out only when he was around nine that he struggled with reading. And he hid it well because he was able to like memorize things and recognize things by sight. Um, and then when they found out, it was just way too late. Like it was, they took him to every single possible treatment and, and uh, any kind of like screener that could tell them something, nothing was working. It was, and, and only after they realized what there was there, it wasn't even a reading problem. There was a problem of short-term memory. Mm -hmm. Were they able to get to it? And what she realized was parents struggle spending thousands of dollars and, and feeling awful that they cannot help their children wow. do this. And for the kid, it's the self-esteem and it's the self-confidence. So the minute we bring in her story mm -hmm. that she went through this parent mm -hmm. and now as someone who's in AI and, and can, can actually get to the root just by scanning the child's eyes, this is a huge thing. But we want people to identify with it and we want them to have that aha moment. You know, I did not know that. I didn't realize that that could be so far reaching. Oh, my goodness. That's amazing. It sounds like an amazing startup as well. So are there any set elements every story should have? Yes, absolutely. So there's very fundamental um, structure to stories. Uh, and this is not something that I made up. I repurposed something that's thousands of years old. We've been doing this since the dawn of storytelling. We're the very first cave paintings in, you know, about 36,000 years ago. And then it's just continued since then, uh, the way we tell stories. And it's chunked. We chunk information. We sort information. And in my book, um, Sticking to My Story, I talk about the, the chunks or the act. I'm a theater baby, so it's, it's, it's like writing your presentation in four acts of a play, just like a Greek tragedy or Shakespeare, Moliere, Chekhov wrote, because there's a very specific sequence of events that happened. Modern day theater has put it down to two acts, but it's really like act one and two as well, and then act three and four. So what we really have to do is get in touch with that pain, and that's where the story comes in handy. So she tells the story of her pain and her struggle and how it led her to realizing this is something that is happening to so many parents around the mm -hmm. world. And then we want to bring in all the numbers that, you know, really show that problem and what it's costing the taxpayer and what could end up happening to these children if they don't get that basic reading proficiency. Then we move on to the solution. Nobody cares about the solution unless they can really resonate with the problem. So that would be act two. Act three is the business data to back it up, all the facts and numbers and, and go to market and, and all of that. And then finally, the vision for the future. And this is something else that people often skip. Like how big can this really go? Where are you taking this in the world? What will it is there any catharsis so the, at the love? <laughs> so the catharsis should come um, at the moment that you show a demo mm -hmm. and you show like 
real people that have gone through this. And it's like, oh my gosh, we had this incredible moment where we realize it's not dyslexia and it's not any of these things. It's simply short-term memory. And here we spit out a training plan. And within a few weeks, boom, already there was a massive improvement. And these things happen fast. So again, the catharsis comes with like the, oh, oh my gosh. Are there different types of stories? Like uh, the hero, bad guy story or boy meets girl. Are there different types of stories that you use for different types of startups? There are different types of stories. I don't like to categorize them as much. I kind of, I have this mechanism in my brain, Donna GPT, where I just, you know, think of the best way to tell it, not necessarily what type of story it is. I always prefer working with the origin story, which is why you started this. What's your personal stake and personal connection? It could be a story from a previous employer or from a client that you're working with and their miserable existence before meeting you. So, so like, what's the best way to show it? So if it's a very technical thing, we'll do what I call like a, a you know, just a day in the life where we're not developers, but we need to kind of get inside their head and, and realize what's wrong in their world. Um, there can be an as if story uh, where it's like you don't actually have, but you can say, you know, imagine that so-and-so was doing such and such and a child struggling, like really paint us a picture that's a realistic thing. You don't want it to be something, you know, seems like that's not real, but just that's the authenticity. So what does the process look like? Uh, a brand new startup knocks on your door and says, Donna, tell my story. What do you do next? So first of all, it, I think of it as like, I'm about to cook them a beautiful four course meal, but I send them to the grocery store to bring me high quality ingredients. So I give them a template and a cheat sheet that helps them gather all the data that I need so that we have it there at our disposal. And we don't have to, in the middle of the session, be running to the store because we forgot the baking powder or, or, or some key ingredient that, that we can't cook without. They send it to me. I already start the prep for the, the meal before we even get cooking. And then we just dive right in and I start slicing and dicing and moving things around and scripting out uh, each and every slide so that they know exactly what they're going to say. And what happens, it's really quite magical. That's why I call storytelling alchemy. Um, it's, it's not even magic because magic is kind of sleight of hand and smoke and mirrors, whereas alchemy is taking something that exists, mixing it with something else and turning it into an even better element. And that's what I, I, and so like their words come into my filter and get combined with questions that investors would ask and my perspective on having written the hundreds of these. And then I say, okay, here's how I tell your story. And that's like the emergence of that all, alchemical process of like, here's the new element. And then they can say, oh, wow, that part, you nailed that part needs a little bit of work. And then we, we just iterate back and forth on the spot. My goal is to get the feedback in real time so that we're actually co-creating this beautiful new element. Okay, so let's try it live. We have Empire Now, which exists to help founders do marketing and not just technology from the very first second that they start their startup, from the very first line of code you have to write, the very first line of marketing. Uh, how would we begin? We talk about how they're having trouble, like they have an amazing product, but 
but they're marketing is flatlining. I would go even deeper to the pain that everybody's experiencing right now. I, that's where I would start. And I would say, look, we are in a time where we are expected to do a lot more with a lot less. And we are expected to get to market fast, but not spend much on marketing. We're expected to show results in development with half the developers. We're expected to, in a time of scarcity, create abundance. And that's not always possible with the resources that we have at hand. And that's where we can help. Coming in and being able to, to master what you do, become a team member for the time that we're together, we're, we're totally devoted to telling your story, creating your deliverables and doing it in a way that works with your budget, your that, but creating value and results on the spot. So that's the kind of thing, like I, I, not knowing too much about the business that, that I would go into. And then I would end off with, with founders. Uh, I had a founder tell me last week that he spent more on coffee than he has on marketing. That is actually a true story I was telling Donna about in our chat just before we started recording. Um, now, not to say the coffee is not important, but at the end of the day, what is going to show you the result? It sounds ridiculous when you hear it that way, but if that's what they, they said to you, it's like, they said to me Whoa. today, that very sentence, it, I just it couldn't, it didn't leave me that sentence. Because uh, we were having coffee at the time. <laughs> so does the story change over time? Yeah, absolutely. So I, I created a new service this year called Restory. That makes total sense. Like Restory or story. In this world where things are changing and people are downsizing and people are pivoting their products and their offerings, they still have to be able to tell their story in a way that resonates with the employees that are left with other stakeholders, with customers that, that instill confidence in them. And sometimes you need to tweak your story. So think about it. Your software right now, probably as we're sitting here, every single tab we have open from Gmail to LinkedIn to whatever, update several times. But we don't feel that because there's, you know, one of my clients, JFrog, is one of the reasons that updates happen seamlessly and, and we don't feel that. So software gets the updates continuously. But our story doesn't. And that's something that we also have to look at. Is our story version up to date? I think that's true for all marketing strategy. Uh, storytelling needs it. Marketing strategy needs to reflect it in all channels. You need to stay on your toes all the time because the ground is definitely moving under our feet. With AI and everything now, it's, it's, I don't think people even realize or are aware it's like when you're scared of something, you want to just say, eh, just another hype cycle. <laughs> this is not. This is, I think, as significant, if not more than, probably more than when the internet came out and it took us to another level. Or when Google came out as search that completely transformed. I mean, I'm sure there was a lot of naysayers then. It's like, oh, you know, all the kids are going to have all the answers. How are they going to do homework? It, it just changes the, the level of things. And I'm of the mind of grace and embrace of the AI be ready for what it lies ahead and up your game. But at the same time, it's here to stay. How can you make use of these tools? And how is your company preparing your AI strategy? Like what are you doing in order to create your moat, to create your significant differentiation? A uh, great segue to my next question, which is how can we use AI to help us do this? Obviously, AI can't do it for us. But maybe we can use it as a, as a friend along the way uh, to help us structure Absolutely. things, think of ideas. Uh, how would you suggest uh, newcomers to this world use AI to tell their story? 
So I wrote an article on this that I'm more than happy to share with your uh, listeners. Absolutely, folks. It'll be in our links. I So I kind of broke it all down per slide as things that you can use. Everything from, you know, looking for a name and using ChatGPT to kind of riff on that or logos, using mid-journey help using ChatGPT for taglines or refining your text, checking to make sure the language is there, finding, you know, very simple examples. But again, you want to fact check on all of this. And so, it's so, I mean, there's a lot of different ways. AutoGPT, which is still kind of in its infancy phase, you have to set it up and know kind of what you're doing, but you're able to generate prospect lists and really, you know, look at, at what's going on in the market. Designing your slides. So there's so many ways that we can now embrace the AI, make it faster. Now, there are tools that have come out like Tome that are supposed to write full pitch decks. I still haven't seen that. It's a good baseline, but you still have to insert your story. Yeah, because you're Dorothy and AI is Toto. And you still need to follow the yellow brick road. Interesting. I've never thought of it that way. So follow the yellow brick road, but you have your companion, your trusty travel companion to help you and warn you, hey, there's a witch around the corner. Hey, something's brewing here. Hey, watch out. That, that's that's a good analogy. Um, Another thing that you, so remember the ChatGPT is only trained up to 2021 at this point. That's, that'll change soon. BARD is a bit more up to date. So make sure that you're fact checking, make sure that you're not like, it, 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 one great example is ask it to write your bio. Now, it does a pretty good job, but there are some factual errors in there, at least on mine. And I'm like, oh, nice that you think that I did that. That was not me. So <laughs> you want to make sure not to get caught in, uh, in you know, er, un uncomfortable moments. It's just going to remain to be seen how true this really impacts us. I'm working on a plug-in right now. Ooh, we have a scoop, people. For, for helping me. Yes, yes. So it's it's being formulated and these days I'm learning a lot as I go. So so hopefully that'll be another helpful tool. I mean, and just a regular run of the mill book uh, that, you know, you actually read and, and I have it also if you prefer listening. I did the audio version of it. So, um, yeah, it's it's going to be funny to see how our consumption of content changes. So wait, what does this uh, plugin do? So it's going to utilize chat gpt and also my knowledge base to train it on the most common questions of how you put together the deck and then emerge with the baseline of your deck so instead of just going through my template and my cheat sheet and doing it it's going to help you generate a lot of these points and then turn it into the baseline for writing your investment well you are not kidding when you said donna gpt well i mean this is something that i do now uh i now it's it's creating my avatar to be able to do that for more people around. Race and embrace. And embrace. <laughs> I think the race is missing the embrace. Uh, race, race, race. Yes. Ah, there's yes. the third one. Yes, definitely. There's a race. Brace and embrace. Let's move on to our favorite segment based on a true story. 
based on a true story is brought to you by the Marketing Hotline. Set up a power hour at your convenience to dive deep into all things marketing for your startup with a seasoned marketing executive. This is a super flexible model with no commitment or overhead costs. Just get the help you need when you need it. Convenient and affordable. Book now on bit.ly slash go empire now. That's bit.ly slash go empire now. The link will also be in the episode details, along with the rest of the good stuff. Back to you, Danny. Thanks, Sam. Tell us a good one, Donna. Okay, so one of the stories that I tell in the book is an amazing company called Cure Life. And the founder is a multi-serial entrepreneur. He's done this several times before. And what set him on this journey of basically curing diabetes, which there is no cure for, it's a chronic disease, but making it manageable for the people that have it, started with a story, his father who at the age of 56 was diagnosed with type 2 diabetes and it completely changed his life, not for the better. No matter what he changed with his diet and exercise, he couldn't get his blood sugar levels down and his family was watching him waste away. And Ron set out on this quest to cure, to find a cure, to find something to help his father. And he did. And he found, you know, he went everywhere from Sri Lanka to South Africa to India to, and he found a blend of herbs that, that could help. But then he realized it was way more than just that. And they created this whole platform and they're doing extremely well. Now, where does this twist come in of the story? Um, uh, a couple months ago, he asked me to meet with his VP sales and his director of sales, US, and work on their sales deck. And they sent me the sales deck and it looked very pretty but something was missing. I said, guys, where's the story? And they said, what story? I said, the, the Ron story with his dad. Oh, you know, we're meeting all these like Whole Foods companies and such. Um, they don't have time for stories. And I said, everyone has time for stories <laughs> because those are the things they're going to remember. They're not going to remember the unique blend of 36 herbs and medicinal whatever and your supply chain. That's what they're going to remember. And then guess what? They both told me that they both had fathers that had been diagnosed with diabetes in their 50s. Like, and that's one of the reasons that compelled them to join the company. I'm like, are you kidding me? You're sitting on that? Do you realize the impact that's going to make when you come in and tell that story to clients and that, you know, we're the company that have truly, we live it and we're totally committed to it and we put ourselves behind it and our family. That's what's going to resonate. Yeah, good one. So... It doesn't have to be based on a real story if it is a real story. Now, again, we can organize the story in a way that's even more powerful. We don't have to say every single detail in every single sequence. It's the, the essence of the story that you want to be there. So let's go back to what is storytelling and what is the difference between storytelling and messaging? We see those words flying a lot. A message doesn't have to have a story element to it. There's a lot of bad messages out there. There's a lot of very plain messages. And within even storytelling, there are moments that you're just giving a message. So I'd say the storytelling is sort of the, the, the um, wrapping of it all together, the structure of it all together. And there's messages within it. But if you put it in the framework and you make your messages super clear and crisp, then you've got like the overall beautiful story with an arc that goes from end to end and takes people on an actual journey. Messages are the snippets you get within. How do you measure success of a story? How can I tell if it works or not? 
Um, so, I mean, there's the obvious, like, do you get a second meeting? Do you get called in for a meeting? Do you move forward in the process? That That's good measurement. But in general, I also would look at people while you're telling it. If you've got people that ha are, their phone is down, they're looking at you, they're totally absorbed, they're asking questions, they're, they're intrigued, even if it, the questions might see a bit, seem a bit argumentative, then you know the story's working because it's, it's making them think. And it's making them respond and it's making them want to challenge you because it's like, oh, wow, I never thought of it that way or, or wait, that can't be right. And, and, but again, it's a dialogue that's happening. It's, it's, it's bringing a response. It's not just a bunch of bored faces. Is there a way to do it digitally? Sure. At the messaging that we put out on everything from our, our posts on LinkedIn or Facebook, um, to our website content, video content, everywhere we're telling stories. So video content like Instagram and TikTok is basically, to me, heading back to that very early place of, of cave paintings and hieroglyphics and, and, and the very you know early days because it's something very visual and short and, and consumable. Like in a flash, we just get it. You don't always need anything said. It's just, it's there and it's like hypnotic. So it works. It works if you do it well, it works. And there's a lot of, you know, crap out there that I'm sure that, that people are watching that is not really doing anything, but you kind of get swept into that. I try to, you know, not get into those feeds, but then suddenly there'll be like a video that looks interesting and it's just like flashing. It's, it's millisecond at you and you're like, oh, I need to look and see what the heck that mm -hmm. is. So you want to intrigue people. You want to intrigue people to take your journey. And how do we know we have to change the story? When, when do we know that it's time not to like redo the whole thing, but like fine tune, like you fine tune an ad? So you have metrics to measure ads and if they're working and what the click-through rate is. So what are the metrics to, to measure storytelling other than getting sure. that VC to invest in me? <laughs> if you are seeing VC after VC or customer after customer and they're either not getting it or not joining you, or or you you keep getting no after no, you might want to revisit. What I don't want you to do is to change your deck every single time somebody says, "Well, why don't you have this and why do you have that?" Because you end up with a patchwork pitch. Uh, I do want you to look at if you're hearing the same thing again and again. Like, okay, there's a pattern here. Let's stop and take a look at our story and where we can refine it. Um, and it drives me crazy. Like sometimes like I just had a conversation before this with, with a, a, a team that's doing something truly remarkable and they sent me their pitch deck and it's like, everything is there. It's just totally out of sequence. Mm -hmm. It's like, would you watch a movie where the scenes are, are out of sequence? No, no. You have to say in a world where this and that happens, one man, one destiny. Yeah. If it's out of sequence, you've completely either spoiled it or have people confused i don't understand it like it's like totally putting the cart before the horse so the the, the flow of it and the sequence of it truly matters as well in in good storytelling mm -hmm. what should we watch out for other than stories being out of sequence um over informing trying to tell too much about the technology uh, again, if they want to know more, they'll ask to hear more. They'll move forward to the next phase and bring in someone who's a technical expert in your realm to really be able to deep dive into it. But think of it as a first date. Uh, I was single for way too long in 
in New York and then in Tel Aviv. And um, it's you go on so many first dates, you start to see, okay, so you don't want to talk about your entire dating history Mm -hmm. and your where you want to get married, how many kids you want to have. Like nobody, nobody would have that conversation yet in an investment meeting. We put everything out there and every single spreadsheet and every single stat and every single that we don't want to do that. We want to really be careful. Any other tips and things to watch out for? So don't over-inform, don't argue. Again, if they're engaging with you and asking you questions, even if they seem argumentative, take a deep breath, respond magnanimously. Um, if you want to send them some follow-up data, do it afterwards. Don't shame anyone. Don't try to be the winner because it's not going to happen. It's, sometimes it's purposely they want to see how you respond under fire. Uh, don't make up stats, numbers. You know, there's a difference between storytelling and lying. We don't want to cross that line. I mean, we had some brilliant storytellers that raised a lot of money and are now either in jail or on their way to jail just from this past couple of years that have, uh, you know, and thanks to them, a lot of the markets have been completely disrupted, not in a good way. So we don't want to lie. Definitely don't want to lie. And now everybody, every single founder is kind of amping up their story, but there's a true difference between telling the most visionary, powerful story possible and bald face lying. Don't make up your numbers. Don't try to make it, you know, vanity metric. These things will be found out. Don't say you have a term sheet from three other investors. They'll ask each other. They'll talk to each other <laughs> if you don't. No, really. And, and it kills your credibility. Absolutely. Your story needs to be strong enough to work because that's going to be in the end of the day what you sell to the client and the client needs to buy. So if the VC doesn't buy it, how will the client buy it? And just before it's time to say goodbye, let's see what tools Donna recommends we add to our tool chat. There are so many tools out there today. How can we know which is the best and why? So we thought we're getting all these amazing experts here. Why not ask them? So welcome to the Tool Shack. Every episode we recommend one and our guest recommends one as well. You'll find all the links in the episode's details along with the rest of the good stuff. I'll go first. Our top shelf product for this episode is Hype Fury. It's a Twitter automation tool that helps you get more engagement by automatically retweeting your best tweets, scheduling posts, and adding self comments. There's a free plan, but we like the standard option. Check it out on bit.ly slash topshelf01. That's bit.ly slash topshelf01. Back to you, Danny. Thanks, Sam. Donna. Why don't you share with us what are the tools that you use the most and why? So after kicking and screaming for years, I got on a CRM called Zoho. I don't love it 100%, but it's definitely made my life easier in getting things automated and making sure that I'm on top. And yet I still use Boomerang, which was the very first tool I paid for ever as a subscription. And even though Google has these things where they, you know, tell you, do you need to respond or follow up? I'm so addicted to Boomerang because it brings it up and I feel like I don't miss anything. Nothing falls between the cracks. I love Gusto. Gusto has a truly delightful experience for things that are not so much fun. If you can take something that's awful and make it bearable, then you know you've What does it do? So Gusto is a platform for salary, benefit, taxes uh-huh. so, all the horrible stuff you know, so you, you paint all of the horrible <laughs> stuff that you know people like you and me probably hate the most so uh, yeah it just it it you know it tells you when you need to run payroll you click of a button you've, you've defined everything they pay the taxes they just withdraw it from your account it's funny i always see it like 
before it moves from my business account to my, like a chunk will go out of the business account. And then a few days later, a chunk will go into my personal account for when I get paid salary. And like somehow a chunk of that has disappeared along the way, gone to Uncle Sam, but at least they deal with all the compliance and everything. So when it's something that makes you go, oh, thank you, I don't have to deal with that, then you know it's a good tool. And that's what you all want to be. You want to be that painkiller of people. That's the kind of thing you want people to say about you. I can't live without this tool or this service or this service or this person or this AI. That's, that's really what you want to create, irreplaceable value. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Donna Griffiths. Thank you so much, Danny, for having me. That's a wrap. Thank you, Donna Griffiths, for your brilliant storytelling insights. To learn more about Donna and her work, visit DonnaGriffith.com and claim 10% of her storytelling workshop with the code Build an Empire. If you like this episode, don't keep it to yourself. Share it with your pals and don't forget to give us a star of five. You can catch all of our episodes on any podcast platform and connect with us on LinkedIn and Twitter under the handle Build an Empire. Special thanks to producer Sam and the Marketing Hotline for making this episode happen. See you next week.